ஸ்ரீ குருபியோ நமஹா வெல்கம் டு த தேர்ட்டீன்த் எபிசோட் ஆஃப் சேன்ஸ் ஆஃப் இண்டியா பாட்காஸ்ட் த கண்டென்ட் ஆஃப் திஸ் பாட்காஸ்ட் ஹேஸ் பீன் கிரியேட்டிவ் வித் ரெஃபரன்ஸ் டு விக்கிபீடியா டாட் காம் அமங் த சேன்ஸ் ஆஃப் இண்டியா அண்ட் எஸ்பெஷலி ஃப்ரம் மகாராஷ்டிரா எ சேன்ட் ஆஃப் த எயிட்டீன் அண்ட் நைன்டீன் செஞ்சுரி இஸ் நோன் அக்ராஸ் த கண்ட்ரி அண்ட் த வேர்ல்ட் ஃபார் இஸ் ப்ரெசன்ஸ் வென் ப்ரேட் ஃபார் ஃப்ரம் எனி பார்ட் ஆஃப் த வேர்ல்ட் as an individual this soul is being guided by him on a day to day basis since february 6 2002 after submitting self at his feet there have been many instances where this soul has been foretold through some way or other about things to happen this soul is happy to share with you the life and teachings of shirdi sai baba any addition or omission may graciously be pardoned sai baba's date of birth including his birthplace remains unknown however it is accepted that his birthday falls on 28th september most definitive information about shirdi sai baba tends to be derived from a book called shri sai satcharitra written by a disciple called hemat pant in 1922 in marathi the book itself is a compilation based on accounts of his various disciples and hemat pant's personal observations of sai baba from 1910 onwards sri narasimha swami was an ardent devotee of baba and set up the sai samajam in mailapur chennai he wrote multiple volumes on baba both during baba's life and subsequently In his book Life of Sai Baba it says that Sai Baba would make references to Patri in the Nizam state and much later in life told one of his staunch devotees Mahal Sapati a man of immense integrity that his parents were Brahmins of Patri in Parvani taluk he also told Mahal Sapati that at a tender age of 5 his parents handed him over to a fakir which is fairly indisputable sai baba occasionally showed greater interest in devotees from patri and pavani inquiring about others in the village but that is as far as information is available about sri sai baba's birth and origins even from an early age he was always dispassionate and imbibed the detachment from his foster father the fakir unfortunately The fakir too died within 4 to 5 years of adopting baba but before he died the fakir instructed his wife to hand over the young baba to the guardianship of one gopal deshmukh the deshmukh or provincial governor of jintur paragana young baba spent the best and most informative part of his childhood with gopal rao deshmukh in his fort at selo which formed the center of the jintur pargana yang baba was deeply attached to his master and would be constantly at his side whether at puja or attending to administrative matters or others mundane matters while there seems to be no formal education in either marathi or telugu which would have been the most likely languages there he got education of the highest kind because gopal rao deshmukh was a staunch devotee of Tirupati Venkatesha 
a possible reason why Sai Baba referred to Vinkusa as one of his gurus as mentioned in the Satcharitra as well. Gopalrao Deshmukh is said to have been in direct communication with his Ishtadevata and never took any decisions without such communion. His role was held in high esteem by the Peshwas who he had helped and the Muslims who he had opposed. Gopalrao Deshmukh's own spiritual journey warrants mentioning to highlight the known origins of Sai Baba. When Deshmukh visited the tomb of a saint in Ahmedabad, the tomb is said to have perspired in joy and the interred Shah spoke that Deshmukh was none other than Ramananda Das of Kashi from his former birth and also proclaimed that his former disciple Kabir would also find his way to him very soon. It was soon after this incident that the young Sai was brought to Gopal Deshmukh who recognized him as his disciple from his former birth Kabir and adopted him. It is important to understand the high level of spiritual awareness in Gopal Deshmukh as this power was later transmitted to and exhibited by Sai Baba his disciple. Gopal Deshmukh due to his spiritual powers was known as a very successful healer for all local villages. He would apply crushed red chillies on the eyes of a blind woman uttering incantations in the name of Venkatesha and the woman would recover her vision. During Chaturmasya, when Gopal Deshmukh was in the gardens, a group of men jealous of his growing closeness to Sai Baba hurled a brick at him. Gopal Deshmukh with his powers kept the brick suspended in mid-air. Yet another hooligan hurled another brick which hit Gopal Deshmukh. Yang Baba pleaded with him to let him go away as it was his own presence that was the cause of this trauma. Yet Gopal Deshmukh refused, medicated his injury with a shred of his own cloth and announced to Baba that it was time for his spiritual power to be transferred to Yang Baba. To this end, he asked for some milk to be got from a barren black cow nearby. On passing his hands over the cow from horn to tail, the cow yielded a lot of milk. This milk was given to the Yang Baba with blessings that the full power of the Guru should be transferred to the Sishya. This was the only Diksha Baba is known to have had. As for Shakti Nipata, the chief teen who hurled the injury inflicting brick on Gopalrao Deshmukh fell dead immediately. His accomplices pleaded with Gopal Deshmukh for forgiveness, who said that it is now Yang Baba who now has all the powers and he himself is powerless. Baba took some of the dust from his Guru's feet and placed it on the corpse which came back to life. In later life, Baba admitted that he did have the power to bring back people from the dead. Gopal Deshmukh, while reclining on Yang Baba's lap after getting hit by the brick, told Baba that he would, of his own volition, leave his mortal coil at 4 p.m. the following day, not due to the injury from the brick, but due to his own spiritual powers. This played out as predicted. As Gopalrao Deshmukh gave up his life with his full consciousness, having settled all his affairs, 
he pointed his hand westwards at eng baba hinting to him to go westwards shirdi is west of selo on the banks of godavari and through his journey since then that baba reached shirdi and came across even to people of shirdi as a saint of exemplary virtue and worthy of their highest esteem and regard thereby being worshiped as god incarnate himself sai baba's real name remains unknown the name sai was given to him by mahal sapati when he arrived at shirdi a town now in the west indian state of maharashtra the word sai refers to a religious mendicant but can also mean god in several indian and middle eastern languages the term baba is an honorific signifying grandfather father old man or sir thus sai baba denotes holy father saintly father or poor old man some of sai baba's disciples became famous as spiritual figures and saints such as mahal sapati a priest of the kandoba temple in shirdi and upasni maharaj he was revered by other saints as well such as saint bitkar maharaj saint gagangiri maharaj saint janaki das maharaj and sati godavari mataji sai baba referred to several saints as my brothers especially the disciples of swami samarth of akalkot historical researches into genealogies in shirdi gives support to the theory that baba could have been born with the name hari bau busari baba reportedly arrived at the village of shirdi in the ahmednagar district of maharashtra india when he was about 16 years old although there is no agreement among biographers about the date of this event it is generally accepted that baba stayed in shirdi for 3 years disappeared for a year and returned permanently around 1858 just after the indian rebellion of 1857 this possesses a possible birth year of 1838 he led an ascetic life sitting motionless under a neem tree and meditating while sitting in an asana the sai satcharita recounts the reaction of the villagers the people of the village were wonderstruck to see such a young lad practicing heart penance not minding heat or cold by day he associated with no one by night he was afraid of nobody some of the religiously inclined villagers namely mahal sapati appa jogal and kashinatha visited him regularly the village children considered him mad and threw stones at him after some time he left the village and it is unknown where he went or what happened to him there are some indications that he met with many saints and fakirs and worked as a weaver he claimed to have fought with the army of rani lakshmi bai of jhansi during the indian rebellion sai baba returned to shirdi in 1858 when he appeared at the kandoba mandir in shirdi the temple priest mahal sapati welcomed him by saying aao sai from then on he was known by the name sai baba around this time he adopted the practice of dressing in a knee length one piece kafni robe and a cloth cap ramgir bua a devotee 
testified that Sai Baba was dressed like an athlete and sported long hair flowing down to the end of his spine when he arrived in Shirdi and that he never had his head shaved. It was only after Baba forfeited a wrestling match with one Mohideen Tamboli that he took up the kafni and cloth cap, articles of typical Sufi clothing. The attire contributed to Baba's identification as a Muslim fakir and was one reason for the initial hostility towards him in a predominantly Hindu village. For four to five years, Baba lived under a neem tree and often wandered for long periods in the jungle around Shirdi. His manner was said to be withdrawn and uncommunicative as he undertook long periods of meditation. He was eventually persuaded to take up residence in an old and dilapidated mosque and lived a solitary life there, surviving by begging for alms and receiving itinerant Hindu or Muslim visitors. In the mosque, he maintained a sacred fire, a dhuni, from which he gave sacred ash or wudi to his guests before they left. The ash was believed to have healing and apotrophic powers. He performed the function of a local hakim and treated the sick by application of ashes. Sai Baba also delivered spiritual teachings to his visitors, recommending the reading of the Ramayana and Bhagavad Gita for Hindus and Quran for Muslims. He insisted on the indispensability of the unbroken remembrance of God's name and often expressed himself in a cryptic manner with the use of parables, symbols and allegories. Baba is believed to have tended a garden called Lindibag, named after a rivulet called Lindi which flowed nearby. The garden still exists. It contains temples of people and animals associated with Sai Baba's life and continues to be visited by pilgrims. In 1910, Sai Baba's fame began to spread in Mumbai. Numerous people started visiting him because they regarded him as a saint with the power of performing miracles or even as an avatar. They built his first temple at Bipuri, Karjat. Sai Baba opposed all persecution based on religion or caste. He was an opponent of religious orthodoxy, Christian, Hindu and Muslim. Sai Baba encouraged his devotees to pray, chant God's name and read holy scriptures. He told Muslims to study the Quran and Hindus to study texts such as the Ramayana, Bhagavad Gita and Yoga Vasishta. He was impressed by the philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita and encouraged people to follow it in their lives. He advised his devotees and followers to lead a moral life, help others, love every living being without any discrimination and develop two important features of character, faith or shraddha and patience or saburi. He criticized atheism. In his teachings, Sai Baba emphasized the importance of performing one's duties without attachment to earthly matters and of being content regardless of the situation. In his personal practice, Sai Baba observed worship procedures belonging to Islam. He shunned any kind of regular rituals but allowed the practice of Salah, chanting Al-Fatiha and Quran readings 
at Muslim festival times. Occasionally reciting the Al-Fatiha, Baba enjoyed listening to Mawlid and Kawali accompanied with the Tabla and Sarangi twice daily. Sai Baba interpreted the religious texts of both Islam and Hinduism with great fluency. He explained the meaning of the Hindu scriptures in the spirit of Advaita Vedanta. His philosophy also had numerous elements of bhakti. The three main Hindu spiritual paths, bhakti yoga, jnana yoga and karma yoga influenced his teachings. Sai Baba encouraged charity and stressed the importance of sharing. He said, unless there is some relationship or connection, nobody goes anywhere. If any men or creatures come to you, do not discourteously drive them away, but receive them well and treat them with due respect. Sri Hari will certainly be pleased if you give water to the thirsty, bread to the hungry, clothes to the naked, and your veranda to strangers for sitting and resting. If anybody wants any money from you and you are not inclined to give, do not give, but do not bark at him like a dog. Baba himself maintained an ambiguous profile, unwilling to identify with either of the two religions. His Muslim devotees were fully convinced that he belonged to the fold, identifying him as an avaliya. The Hindu bhaktas also viewed him as one of them since he often identified himself with their gods and customs. Sai Baba wanted to belong to all. Sai Baba wanted to belong to all and be shared by all. When pressed on whether he was Hindu or Muslim, he would often get very angry. Once, he told the devotee, You have been with me for 18 years now. Thus, Sai mean for you only these three and a half cubits of height. Sai Baba was able to avoid clashes between the two communities and in fact succeeded in unifying them in an atmosphere of general harmony. In a verse of the Midday Aarti, devotees sing, In essence or basic principle, there is no difference whatever between Hindu and Muslim. You took birth in human body to point out this. You look with affection on both Hindus and Muslims. This Sai, who pervades all as the soul of all, shows. Baba would often talk about the Hindu gods, quoting from sacred texts or even commenting upon passages of the Bhagavad Gita, the Isha Upanishad and so forth. The names of Krishna and Rama seem to have been particularly dear to him. With his Muslim followers, Baba would always talk of Allah and the Quran, often quoting Persian verses. One of his favorite expressions was, Allah rakhega vajya rahena, that is, let us be content with what we have and submit our will to Allah. On several occasions, Sai reassured his listeners by saying that he, like them, was but a devotee of Allah, a humble fakir with two arms and two legs. In later years, Parsis and even few Christians would come to Shirdi. Sai Baba respected all creeds, true to his conviction that all religions are but particular paths leading to one ineffable goal, his notion of the unity of all mankind that appealed to everyone was very congruous with Sufism of Islam. God being one and the master of all also meant that all his creatures were part of one big family. This belief was entirely in keeping with the teachings of Sufis who believed 
that the light of God exists in every creature, indeed in every particle of his creation. Sai Baba urged his Hindu followers to read their holy books and find their own path. For him, all paths were equally valid, Ishwar and Allah being synonymous. People coming to his abode were so taken aback to see Hindus, Muslims and others living together so peacefully that in many instances it changed their entire lives and belief system. Sai Baba's disciples and devotees claim that he performed many miracles such as bilocation, levitation, mind reading, materialization, exorcisms, entering a state of samadhi at will, lighting lamps with water, removing his limbs or intestines and sticking them back to his body, Kandana Yoga, curing the incurably sick, appearing beaten when another was beaten, preventing a mask from falling down on people and helping his devotees in other miraculous ways. He also gave darshan to people in the form of Sri Rama, Krishna, Vitoba, Shiva and many other gods depending on the faith of the devotee. According to his followers, he appeared to them in their dreams and gave them advice. His devotees have documented many stories. Sai Baba left behind no spiritual hairs, appointed no disciples and did not provide formal initiation despite requests. Some of Sai Baba's notable disciples include Mahal Sapati, Madhav Rao, Nana Saheb Peshwa, Bhai, Tatya Kote Patil, Kaka Saheb Dixit, Radha Krishnamai, Hemad Pant, Bhuti, Das Ganu, Lakshmi Bhai, Nanavali, Upasni Maharaj, Abdul Baba, Sapatnekar, Nana Saheb Chandokar, Bibi Narsimha Swamiji. Some disciples of Sai Baba achieved fame as spiritual figures such as Upasni Maharaj of Sakori. After the demise of Sai Baba, his devotees offered the daily arati to Upasni Maharaj when he paid a visit to Shirdi twice within 10 years. During Sai Baba's lifetime, the Hindu saint Anandnath of Evala declared Sai Baba to be a spiritual diamond. Another saint, Gangagir, also called him a jewel. Sri Bhitkar Maharaj greatly revered Sai Baba and in 1873, when he met him, he bestowed the title Jagat Guru upon him. Sai Baba was also greatly respected by Vasudevananda Saraswati, known as Tembai Swami. He was also revered by a group of Shaivik yogis known as the Nath Panchayat. He is considered an avatar of the supreme reality, a Sadguru or saint, depending on individual proclivities. This is not uncommon in Hinduism where there is no central doctrine or cosmology but a basis in individual faith and spirituality. Sai Baba was revered by prominent Zoroastrians such as Nanabai Palkiwala, Farad Pantaki and Homi Baba and has been cited as the Zoroastrians most popular non-Zoroastrian religious figure. Meher Baba, who was born into a Zoroastrian family, met Sai Baba once during World War I in December 1915. This event is considered as the most significant in Meher Baba's life. Sri Sai Satcharita makes no mention of Meher Baba but Lord Meher, the life story of Meher Baba, 
there are numerous references to sai baba meher baba who claimed he was an avatar credited his avataric advent to upasni sai baba and three other perfect masters asrat baba jan hazrat tajuddin baba and narayan maharaj he declared sai baba to be a kutub e irshad this classification of avatar and sadgurus and the associated name is applied within the meher baba community alone in august 1918 shirdi sai baba told some of his devotees that he would soon be leaving his mortal body towards the end of september he had high fever and stopped eating as his condition deteriorated he asked his disciples to recite holy text to him although he also continued to meet visitors he died on 15th october 1918 the same day as that year's vijayadashami festival his remains were interred at butiwada in shirdi which later became a place of worship that is known today as shri samadhi mandir or shirdi sai baba temple hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of saints of india if you would like to support this project of mine you may contribute through patreon.com the link for the same is given in the description shri gurubhyo namaha 18th and 19th century 